It is the 200 level, Mike Carpenter in the basement for, let's call it an emergency podcast, though this was on the horizon from the minute that I saw the news yesterday, and I'm recording this right now on Thursday afternoon, but when I saw Wednesday afternoon that they were going to announce the 2024-25 Big Ten football schedule, which in and of itself may not be the most exciting on a year-in, year-out basis, but when you add UCLA and you add USC and you factor in that we don't know exactly what was going to happen with the divisions. To get that clarity is pretty exciting, and some of the announcements today were exciting, maybe a little bit frightening if you're trying to prognosticate win-loss records, especially in 2024. But it's kind of cool to look at a schedule and see USC on the road in 2024, UCLA at home in 2025, and I know that we're looking at this and saying, oh, crap. But Ohio State two years in a row, okay, you likely will lose both, but you get a shot. And it's not like I expect this team to go 12-0. They can afford a loss or two. That's okay. But you do get a shot at home against Ohio State in 2025. You get Michigan at home in 2024. Hey, you get the occasional shot against a big boy. So I think, all in all, a pretty exciting day for Illinois football. For Big Ten football, the divisions are gone. Your protected rivals look to be... Northwestern and Purdue. And as this podcast goes on, I'm going to try to get clarity as to whether or not Ohio State is a protected rival because of the Illibuck or if that is just kind of a a one-off kind of thing where you just happen to play them two years in a row. Now, I will get to this schedule here in a bit, but I, I wanted to start off in this opening segment with a thought that I had today, and I threw it by Trevor and Isaac to see if I was just way off base or not. 2023 is the last year of the Big Ten West, and as we know, uh, we had a chance to win it last year, and you could argue should have won it. I think that all in all, we were probably the best team in the division, but you really had a bad slump when it mattered the most, and that sucks, no doubt, but you have a lot of players coming back from that team. In fact, the most returning starters in the Big Ten West, if not maybe the Big Ten, I'm not sure. Now, you do lose a lot. I'm not going to sugarcoat that, especially with the secondary and losing an effective, for the most part, quarterback in Tommy DeVito and losing a great running back like Chase Brown. These kinds of guys don't grow on trees, but do you trust that this football program is in better shape in year three under Brett Bielema than year threes under, God, you name it. I guess Ron Zook's year three was pretty damn good. That goes without saying, but it does seem like while you can't replace those guys, you have the ability to at least move on much more seamlessly or smoothly despite losing stars. All that is to say, all these guys coming back from last year's team, I loved last year's team despite what happened in November, and I guess you could throw the bowl game in there as well. They were closer to being a 10-win team than a 6-win team. And I get the feeling that that eats at them a heck of a lot more than it does me. As I've said many times on this podcast and back to the 93-5 days, you give me 7-8 wins a year, I'm happy as a clam. And I was last year. Of course, some disappointments late, but overall, I still look back at last season, and it's enough to get me really excited for this season. I get the feeling, though, at the Football Performance Center, they aren't thinking, hey guys, remember we were 8-5 and five last year. How great is that? They're probably thinking, we should have won the Big Ten West. And with all the veterans that did come back, and thank you name image likeness for that, especially the defensive line guys, you have an opportunity this year. 
you really do have an opportunity to win the Big Ten West. And so I was thinking this morning about the mental component of it. We are not speaking that loudly as Illini fans, and I understand exactly why that is. We are not speaking loudly about the possibility of this team maybe winning a Big Ten West. We didn't want to do it last year, right? And why would we have? There was no inclination that this team was going to compete for a Big Ten West title. But I think it's okay to broach the possibility based on the guys you have coming back and based on the rest of the Big Ten West, and I'm going to add this intangible quality to it, the final year of the Big Ten West. This is your last chance to win in this, relatively speaking, weaker division and go to Indy for the Big Ten title game. They know it. I guarantee you that guys in that performance center, they're lifting today, they're looking at the schedule come out and they say, this is it. Let's go get it. Not that they think, oh man, when we get rid of divisions, we'll never go to Indy. But if we're being realistic, the chances of going to Indy are much easier this year, much higher, I should say, this year than they will be going forward when they do away with divisions. That's okay. I don't need Illinois football to be sniffing the college football playoff. I just need them to be consistently good. If they do that, as I said before, happy as a clam. But they are not as content as I am going eight and five. I know Brett Bielema is not content going eight and five. That was the kind of thing that he did twice at Arkansas and still got fired. For him, it's 10 and two, 11 and one, winning conference championships. That is what is in his DNA. That's what he wants to do. And I would assume that has trickled down to all the guys that decided, hey, we're going to come back for this fourth or fifth year, and then we'll do the NFL in 2024. I think there is a chance that this team could be one on a mission. Now, it does kind of stink that you need to work with a brand new quarterback in your mission to do so. And Luke Altmeyer, as excited as I am at, at the possibility of what he could be, he is still an unknown. Tommy DeVito was more of a known quantity, and he actually surpassed, I think, most all of our expectations. Tommy had overall a really good year, and then he did stagnate late. But I love Tommy, and he's, in my book, one of my favorite Illini players of all time because of what he did to help bring this program back. So it stinks that your biggest question mark is him. It stinks that you lost so much in your secondary, which was one of your strengths last year, if not the strength. So we're going to find out. Brett Bielema, it's all about in the trenches, offensive and defensive line. Well, we would admit that those are strengths of this team, especially the defensive line. Running game, it's always worked for Brett Bielema teams. So can they make it work without Chase Brown? I think they can, but we do have to see it. Wide receiver room, you feel better about that. Special teams, not worried about that. Linebacker is fine. You go down the list, and then I think the other factor to consider, other than Illinois having a pretty solid roster top to bottom, the Big Ten West is in a really weird place right now. Northwestern stinks. Purdue, first year under Ryan Walters, I will eat my hat if they make the Big Ten title game, and actually, I'll probably puke first, but then I'll eat my hat. Iowa, can they get that offense anywhere near respectable this year? And don't forget, they did lose some key guys on their defense again. They will have a good defense. They always do. But will they be dominant like last year? Minnesota, they're fine. Are they really a threat to make the Big Ten title game? I don't know. I think P.J. Fleck has a Glenn Mason thing going on up there. And you do have to travel to Minnesota this year. And you do have to travel to Iowa. Wisconsin might be some people's sexy pick if Luke Fickle can get this thing rolling quick. Nebraska, that will take a little bit of time for Matt Rule, I would imagine. So there you go. 
All these opportunities, the home games against the West teams being Northwestern, Wisconsin, and Nebraska, and the road games being Purdue, Iowa, Minnesota. Okay. Crossover games being what? Maryland and Penn State at home in September. And I feel like there's one more. Penn State, Maryland, Indiana. What a break. At home. Big opportunities. So all that is to say, why not? Last year, the Big Ten West, before we get into the 16-team super conference, let's do it. Real quick note before we hit the sponsors. There was another scheduling bit that was announced for this season. Kansas is now a Friday night. I think that is what? Friday, September 8th? Yeah, whatever whatever the Saturday was, they moved to night earlier, 6.30 kickoff. It's funny, when I saw that at first, I had shades of, oh God, second game of the year, Friday night, Indiana like last year. But I will say the big difference, this game, wonderfully, starts at 6.30. Thank God for that. It won't be late, so even if you lose, you won't be that sort of late, angry, one or two drinks too deep into the night. Um that's a big game, but it does, it does get moved earlier, and if you win, you just get to enjoy the rest of your September weekend, so that's not bad. Uh, but that is a scheduling change for next year, and that is the second Friday night game after, or I should say it will happen before you play Nebraska at home in October on a Friday night. So let's go in the Big Ten West, right? On that note, let's get this podcast started. Got to remind you, our sponsors, DP Doe, online at dpdoe.com. For all the best deals and prices, dpdoe.com. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana, so go online to dpdoe.com for a custom zone with any topping you want, or one of their favorites like the Maui Wowie or the Buffer Zone. That is dpdoe.com. Also, State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. Life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it, Brian is my guy, and he can be your guy as well. We've been with him for a couple years now and plan to stick with him. He and his staff are absolutely great at what they do, so that's brianismyguy.com. And finally... Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. Give them a call at 217-841-4728. They checked out our AC. It is purring like a kitten. They also checked out our furnace back in the fall, and we had a very nice and toasty fall and winter season. These guys are the goods. They're out of Paxton, but they service all of central Illinois. So set up your AC check before the really hot weather hits, and you know it's coming. It's been a great start to the summer, but you know it's coming. 217 841 4728. That is Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. 217 841 4728. Your home's best friend. I got to get their tagline in there as well. Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Appreciate their partnership. And if you get the chance, if you could rate and review us on Apple Podcast, always appreciated as that helps us move up the search engine whenever someone's looking for an Illini podcast to listen to. The big story of the day, of course. The Big Ten West is no more. I know. Everyone's shedding a tear, especially the Big Ten East fans that look over at the West and think, are you serious? I mean, for the Maryland's and the Rutgers and the Indiana's of the world, what a drag every year having to play Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, guaranteed. And then Michigan State, you could almost factor them in there as well with their recent history. But no, the divisions are no more. And excitingly, we get to look forward to a 16-team super conference. I am all for this. The idea of playing out in USC, out in Los Angeles in 2024, getting UCLA to come here in 2025. You know, the Pac-12 is something that, maybe because I don't stay up late naturally, but I don't watch a ton of it. So there's always been this kind of level of mystique 
when you see the USC uniform or the UCLA uniform. And to be able to start seeing them live in the flesh at Memorial Stadium or to see Illinois playing out of the Coliseum in a regular season game against the Trojans, that's that really excites me in a way that Nebraska, for example, didn't. I was still excited about Nebraska, but this is a, a little bit more enticing. Now, this schedule, going to go over it. 2024, here are your four home Big Ten games. Iowa, Maryland, Michigan, Purdue. You feel pretty good about two of them, I would think, in Maryland and Purdue. Iowa, we'll see. Michigan, okay. Uh, We'll see where they're at, of course, and Jim Harbaugh has that thing humming pretty good. But it's nice to get Michigan in town. I always enjoy having Michigan in town. I know it doesn't tend to end well, but what the hell? You know, I think that this is a big opportunity. We have so many unknowns as far as next year's roster, and a lot of guys will be leaving. But do you trust that Brett Bielema can keep this thing from falling way into the abyss after some veterans leave? I do, and that's why I don't look at these home games and say, nope, you're going to lose that one, you're going to lose this one. I I like that four-game home stand, and what I will look for here is, is the non-conference and see what's lined up for that in just a second. But the road games, Karen and I have already decided we're road tripping to our alma mater at Michigan State, at Northwestern, of course, at Ohio State, at Rutgers, at USC. Now, if you want to pencil in two losses, I don't blame you. Ohio State and USC, that's tough. Michigan State and Rutgers, hard to tell. Northwestern, Well, we'll see. But that's a pretty brutal schedule. I think we can be honest about that. And that's not throwing any shade on Brett Bielema's program. It's just kind of being honest that, whoa, that is um, a lot to deal with. Let me see if I can't get Illinois future schedules here and see if we got the non-conferences lined up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we do. Okay, yeah. In 2024, you do get Kansas, Central Michigan, and Eastern Illinois at home. Those are three weeks in a row. You should start 3-0, and right? And then you have, I would say, two very winnable home games with Maryland and Purdue. So hopefully you can get to five out of your seven home wins, right? That, that would be pretty good. And that would leave just one or two more on the road to become bowl eligible. And I think expectations for 2024 will take a bit of a dip, and that's okay. Though, again, in this... NIL era, things can change quickly. In 2025, you are at Duke, Ohio at home, and Western Michigan at home. Here is your Big Ten slate in 2025. Indiana, Minnesota, Northwestern, Ohio State, UCLA at home. Love that. Now, Ohio State and UCLA, those would be the big tickets. The first three should all be very winnable. And then on the road, you have Nebraska. Hmm, I like that. Penn State. Okay. Purdue. Hmm. And Wisconsin. That's your 2025. At first glance, we would agree that 2025 looks to be a much more doable schedule. And that is really prognosticating far off in a way that there's there's just no way to tell. But with the general health of this football program, I look at both of those and say, I think you can make bowl games in both seasons. And I'm just excited 
that between 2024 and 25, you will be getting Ohio State, Michigan, and UCLA into your place. And Iowa, right? Yeah, Iowa too. I mean, God, that 2024 schedule. Here's what I like. Okay, 2024, the big games at home are Iowa and Michigan. Those would be the ones that you'll try to be getting a sellout for. Crowds would be amped. And then in 2025, it is Ohio State and UCLA. So two marquee home games each year. Love it. And if the ticket office wants to make those a premium, that I totally get that. They want to price that up. I think they'll be able to pull that off because the energy in Champaign-Urbana for those weekends should be very high. Just talking about it, right? I mean, Michigan coming back. I've seen them plenty at Memorial Stadium, but that's a big deal. UCLA, that's a lot of fun. Now, if I recall, I think they came here in 04 or 05. This was the depths of the Ron Turner era. I know we played Cal and UCLA. We kind of flipped them a little bit back then. Didn't ever go particularly well. Um, but yeah, that that is pretty cool to be looking at that and hoping that in 2026 or 27, you get a return trip from the Trojans. Okay, so what does this mean for Illinois football? I mean, is this a net positive or negative? I think it all depends on what your expectations are. I think most Illini fans that I talked to, and myself included, Last year was so fun until it wasn't fun for a month, but I think as time went on and we can reflect on it, it was a very successful season. So just that taste of being good, not great, but good, makes the fall that much better. I mean, there were so many weeks, and especially in October, where that Monday I'd wake up and I'd have an extra pep to my step going to school, and almost the entire school day I would be thinking of the next Illini football game. And I could go all the way back to 2007, the last time that I felt like that. It has been fleeting in my life, and I think that there is reason to be optimistic that maybe we can find some stability. So if your aim as an Illini football fan, if your goal is to stabilize, win seven, eight games a year, and we've talked about this so much, dating back to 93.5 and here in this podcast, then I think you are still in plenty good position with this new 16-team super conference. Now, it's not going to be easy, but I also got to think that, you know, we look around and say, well, that program is going to get better. Matt Rule is going to make Nebraska better. USC is a hell of a team coming into the uh, Big Ten. UCLA, they're tough. They got a lot of athletes. But at the same time, don't you think that Brett Bielema is working towards making this program better as well? I I mean, of course he is. I guess the question would be, do you think he's actually going to accomplish that? I kind of do. And, uh, man, if I'm drinking the Kool-Aid too much, I, I apologize. And I, I try to be fair about it just in the same way that I try not to you know, lump too much on Brad Underwood despite kind of being not feeling great about the basketball program at the moment, right? Feeling okay, but not feeling maybe as good as I should. But with football, it does seem like, wait a second, we're getting all these clues that we finally have a staff that knows what they're doing. We finally have a program that has some true health and, and foundation to it. And that these additions, while they do make it tougher for you, they don't make it impossible. I I don't think they make it impossible. So if you're asking then, the follow-up would be, okay, if you want to make Indy, if you want to make Big Ten Championships, yes, of course this makes it tougher. We knew that before the schedule came out. Then the 2024 schedule tells you, you probably are not going to be playing in Indy. And if you do play in Indy, you have earned every bit of it. I mean, Jesus, on the road at Ohio State and USC, and Michigan at home, all the publications 
understandably, are going to say, well, those are three losses right there. This is going to be a tough year for Brett Bielema's team. And I'm going to feel a little bit that myself. That means that the other games that you can win or should win, you damn well better. But that leads me back to the point of the opening segment. I think there will be an urgency to this team this year to win the Big Ten West. And I don't know how much it's going to be written about beforehand. I think that everybody wants to be careful. And I think the local media as well is going to be careful. I think Jeremy, as he writes a season preview, is going to broach the idea that, yeah, they might be in play if they win a couple of crucial games. They're going to be in play for Indy. But I don't think anyone's going to be jumping fully on the bandwagon and saying this is a favorite to win the Big Ten West. But I got to think that within those hallways and within that weight room and locker room and all that, that that is clearly on their mind and that subconsciously they all know that, yes, it is going to get tougher beginning in 2024. So why the hell not do it now? I love the mental component here. I really love that intangible quality. I think it played well uh, for this team up through the 7-1 start. Whatever edge they might have had early on seemed to have dissipated a little bit, and maybe that's human nature. I'm not, I think it partly is human nature. So I don't begrudge the team for having a slump. I hate that it happened when it did. And we probably would have felt better if last year they started, let's say, 5-3, and three, and they finished 8-4, and four, as opposed to starting 7-1 and one and finishing 8-4. and four. Recency bias tells us, oh, God, that, that season wasn't much uh, as much fun as we thought it was, when in actuality it was a lot of fun. So that urgency, I think, will be at play. I think that there's enough guys that tasted it last year that don't want another Michigan State or Purdue to happen. And uh, the schedule this year, boy, is it advantageous. I mean, the toughest crossover game is Penn State at home. You get them early. If you win that, then I think all of a sudden, yeah, you are going to start hearing people talk directly about the Big Ten title. And I would not say, hey, hold your horses. I'd say, yeah, you probably should look at Illinois as the favorite in the Big Ten West. But before I move on to basketball, because I got a couple things to talk about them, let's take a, a second to just embrace that. The fact that we can even broach that on June 8th and not sound like crazy people. Unless you're listening to this and saying, Carp, slow your roll. What are you doing? This team has a lot to replace. But again, when you look at your competition in the Big Ten West to get to Indy, I really do think you have as good a shot as any. And this is buying a lot of stock in Brett Bielema and this staff. This is buying stock in Lunny, taking a step as a play caller, the offense just being a little bit better despite losing a Chase Brown and a really efficient passer. I understand that. But football, the ultimate team game, right? And if your trenches are that good... I do think that you sometimes can see everything else fall into place. And is there any other offensive and defensive line tandem that you would trade with in the Big Ten West? I I don't know. And that was what Brett Bielema did time and time again at Wisconsin. So who's to say he can't do it here? All right, that's my spiel. That's my June 8th excitement for Illini football just kind of pouring out here. Uh, i trying to think if there's anything else that I was going to hit on with football. We talked about the Kansas reschedule. We talked about 2024-25. Of course, this is just midsummer or early summer. Dare to dream. And maybe it's futile. And maybe they lose at Kansas. And we're thinking, ah, damn it. But I'm going to be optimistic that they will somehow take care of business those first two weeks and set up a monster 
week three matchup against Penn State. Okay, before we get out of here, Jeremiah Williams. I about said Tillman. It almost just came out of me like a Freudian slip. Jeremiah Williams, we we did last week's podcast. Was it last Thursday as well? Regardless, last week's podcast, we talked about Terrence, we talked about Coleman, and oh, we didn't get Ray J, right? I said two out of three ain't bad. And then literally right after I published that podcast, Jeremiah Williams commits to Illinois. I think we can start by saying that the Ray J thing is a little frustrating. And I do think it reflects on a little bit of a poor decision by the coaching staff. It was pretty obvious two weeks before he finally announced that the momentum was not in Illinois' favor. And whether that be message board fodder or insider things that I and many others were hearing, and I don't claim to be an insider, but I, I some things trickle in. And it was not Illinois. It was Baylor. Two weeks before the ultimate announcement. And Illinois never pivoted. Now, maybe sometimes a player is just that good and you feel like you need to go all in. And also, given the nature of college basketball now, who's to say they're done? I, I get that as well. But that was a big miss and I think a bigger miscalculation from Brad Underwood. Would he do things differently if he could do it again? Maybe so. But it's not like Ray J going to Baylor is a shock. Baylor is a great program that won a national title two years ago. They're a better program than you are. They probably could pay him every bit as much as you did. And even if you offered a little bit more, he's probably looking at Scott Drew, and this is what sucks, right? I mentioned this in the last podcast. He's looking at Scott Drew and saying, this guy wins under the biggest lights on the biggest stage. And Brad Underwood doesn't have that yet. This is where I think the March lack of success did have a bit of an impact along with some other factors, just maybe Scott Drew's temperament was more in line with what Ray J wants. Regardless, move on. And you should have moved on two weeks earlier. You should have went to plan B, got that wrapped up. Yuri Collins was a name that was being thrown out, and he stays in the draft. Well, maybe because he didn't know that he would have a guaranteed spot at Illinois. Well, you missed on that. Maybe you could have gotten him, thrown him a million dollars in the NIL as opposed to the non-guaranteed contract because he's not going to get drafted. And I bet you he would have thought twice. And then he got a really good point guard. Instead, you get Jeremiah Williams, who can be a good point guard when healthy. But we are banking on this almost like an Austin Hutcherson situation where we think a guy that had a blew out his Achilles and, and his ACL, I think both, one or the other. But I know the Achilles is in there. And the Achilles is absolutely insanely difficult to come back from. So we're asking this guy, if, if we envision him being a point guard next year, the starting point guard, no less, we're asking for him to return to freshman and sophomore year form at Temple before he blew out his Achilles. Just the sound of it is absolutely excruciating. Oh, God. I had a friend who did that playing pickup basketball, and he's back to normal, kind of. It took a long time. That is a massive drop-off, and it didn't have to be. And whether it's stubbornness or arrogance or just this insistence that I need the best point guard. We're going to wait it out for him. You got to just know when to cut your losses and move on. I do wonder sometimes the people that are in the icon collective, 
or the Illini Guardians, the big donors, that they got Terrence and Coleman back, or they were part of it, no doubt, by putting in a lot of money. And you know they were pulling all this money, getting ready to go, okay, Ray J, we can offer him this, that, the other. Can you throw in another 10000 Sure. Can you? Sure. Thank God for these people, because Illini fans are nuts, and I think we will ante up. And thank you, rich Illini fans, for doing so. I really do appreciate it. It's going to give us a lot of enjoyment, I think, over the next uh, few decades, as long as NIL is in place like this. But I got to wonder if there's not a little bit of frustration on their part. Because we can say, and this is what, I hate this conversation in a way. Brad Underwood has legitimately done a very good job at Illinois. There's no two ways about it. He has made you relevant in the Big Ten. You have two banners to show for it. You have a number one seed in the tournament. You're making tournaments, which is something that John Gross couldn't say and Bruce Weber towards the end of it couldn't say either. So yes, he is a very good coach. He is getting paid elite money. At a certain point, it's twofold. You've got to win in March. And then the second part is when you get all this money behind a certain player, you got to close that out. And if you don't, what's the issue? Aren't these rich donors kind of yeah, whispering themselves, why the hell did, how did that not happen? I would like to be a fly on the wall during these conversations. Does he have to call someone and say, hey, we didn't get him. You can keep your money. I I don't know. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure how these conversations would go, but I got to think that there's a little bit of uneasiness. God dang, this all stems back to March, doesn't it? I mean, I I feel like next basketball season is going to be one long fever dream. We're just going to be waiting until we get to March and seeing, well, maybe this year they'll do it. But as presently constructed, an improved roster, for sure. Love Domask. Love that addition. Love Quincy Guerriere. Love that addition. Justin Harmon, I think, is a sneaky good uh, addition, and we'll see what his role is now that Terrence Shannon Jr. is back. But you still, after everything you learned last year about what does not work, you still do not have a proven healthy point guard. And I add the healthy caveat, okay? If Jeremiah Williams is healthy then it actually could work really well. It could. He's got size. He's a good passer. Not a great shooter, but he won't be asked to do that. But can you trust that? And the answer is no. You can't trust that. And if he goes down, then what? Maybe this conversation will be null and void. Maybe there's another guy that's going to enter the portal a grad transfer that's got to finish up a few credits in the summer. I know that's a thing kind of being whispered about, well, there might be a guy that if he gets his credits done, he can be a grad transfer. And I'm sure they're working all the back channels, and if there is a proven commodity, they will try to go get it. But as great as it is that Terrence and Coleman came back, you entered June, almost entered June, with the entire season on the balance based on two guys saying, yeah, we'll come back for another year. Thank God they did. Because if they don't, and RJ doesn't, you are a bubble team at best. It, it, it ain't good. The two guys you added, you're in the tournament for sure. You're probably a top four Big Ten team. And again, I appreciate all that. I do. Um, it, I feel like when I critique it, some could interpret that as, I'm just hating on Underwood. But 
we also need to stop pretending like this is college basketball from 20 years ago. This is a coach that I'm guessing played the game for Iowa and Kofi before name image likeness was legal, for lack of a better term. This is a guy that you gave a significant raise to because you felt like he could play the game and get the talent in here and win big. We're entering year six. Three of those years have been great in conference. Yes. But you are paying him money to also win in March. And boy, is that a big albatross. And I really do think it kind of paints paints this entire image a certain hue. Fair, fairly or unfairly, you can totally argue either one, but doggone it. You know, I, <laughs> it's really frustrating to go into next season at the moment and say you still don't have a stud point guard. And that was what you were missing last year. And Matthew Meyer was a total mess. And there were plenty of issues at last year's team, clearly chemistry issues. I don't think you're going to see those as much this year. And it might be that this team just gets along so beautifully. I mean, they got a trip to Italy, I think, coming up. They mesh, they get along, they become buddies, and then they have a magical run to the second weekend. They win a Big Ten tournament or a Big Ten title, raise another banner, make the second weekend. The albatross is off. Brad Underwood really gets cooking then with Morris Johnson coming in, constantly being a player name image likeness. Listen, if we have a pro and con list going for Brad Underwood, the pro side is much, much longer. It is. But the things that are on the con side loom large until they don't. And I will be so happy to either X that out or put an eraser on it and just be done with those big items on the con side of the ledger. But we got to see it, right? So who knows? I mean, God, the last time I did a podcast, well, they might go get a point guard. Well, five minutes later, they did. And I do think Jeremiah Williams long-term can be a pretty good piece here. They wanted him last year. I was excited about the possibility of him coming last year. The injury stuff is a major concern. But maybe they aren't done yet. Maybe they go get a stud. And if so, they will be a player, a contender for the Big Ten title. Because, man, it seems like every other piece is there. And that's a credit to him. He's so close. You know, I just don't want it to be a Mark Turgeon situation. Good as Mark Turgeon was from afar. We could look at that and say, hey, Mark Turgeon was a pretty good coach. But eventually, when you reach a certain level of success and you plateau... You get sick of it. I don't think that would be the case for Illinois football. Unless it lasted a really long time and you go 8-4 and four for 10 consecutive seasons and you think, well, why the heck can't we go 9-3? and three? But with Illinois basketball, the expectations are higher because this program has done it before. So I don't think it is rash or unfair to say, okay, you got here, but we got you got to just get through that next plateau. You got, you got to get through this plateau here. You got to move to the next level. I think that's fair. I think he would say that that's fair. The, listen, the guy is not short on confidence. I think he is very aware of the fact, though, that there's something big missing. And he, Brad Underwood, addressed a lot of those, but there's just that big kahuna, right? And, and I hope they find something where Jeremiah Williams ends up being magically 100% healthy and starts from day one. And if so, that'd be great. But, you know, I'm... I just can't count on that. I can't, and I really don't want to enter the season with question marks of point guard. One final point about point guard, play Ty Rogers a point. They will, but do it a lot. Why not? I, I Truly, why not? Um, if he is surrounded by shooters, I think he would be fine at the point guard position. I know it's not a natural position for him per se, 
but there was just this X factor, for lack of a better cliche, about his game. And when he did handle the ball, you saw promise. It, it did sometimes create for others in a, in a really kind of weird way, but he can he can bully ball a bit and be that big-bodied point, if not, not for the whole game, but you know, 10, 15 minutes, you could see Ty running point. I would be fine with it. I'd be excited about it. If you could somehow couple that with a healthy point guard that can run the bulk of it. And then Jeremiah Williams works his way back. Or maybe you let Jeremiah take the year off and get fully healthy. Because that's a big injury to come back from. Um, but yes, Ty Rogers, boy, he is going to be a jack of all trades. And I'm excited to see him develop. So again, more pros than cons. But you got to address the, the turd in the punch bowl. And hopefully they do. They still have time, though they'll have to go digging a little bit for that point guard. Okay, that's it for this midweek or late week edition of the 200 level. Going to see Dead and Company at Wrigley tomorrow, my first Grateful Dead adjacent concert. So that should be a good time. And heading to uh, heading on a few trips coming up, including concerts galore. Excited for that. Um, but we'll be back whenever news breaks. That's what the summer is around here at the 200 level. When news breaks, we will be here. That's why we wanted to react to the new Big Ten football layout, the protected rivals, the 16-team mega conference, and what I think are two exciting schedules for Illinois football. And I mean, I was I emailed Cody from Dogtown today, and I could not agree with him more. He said, I'm, I'm more excited about football than basketball in a really long time. And that's not to say we aren't excited for basketball because they'll be good again. They will be good. But there is something about, man, when you had one good football season and the only thing that I think will be having that pit in the stomach is if there's an early loss and we start thinking, oh God, are we going to have five and seven-itis again? We've seen it time and time again. If this team avoids five and seven-itis, and that could even be in the way of a seven and five record, it's going to feel great because that's going to be two in a row and that will feel like, Stability, consistency, you're building something. And I anticipate that they will. I think the schedule is very favorable for that. And I think even with the tough games, how many coaching staffs are you picking over your own? And yes, I buy stock in Aaron Henry. I'm not just saying that because Kevin Kevin Walters, Ryan Walters kind of got under my skin a little bit and, and will continue to do so. But I do think you have a star defensive coordinator nonetheless. So yeah. As I end this podcast, it's not to crap on Illinois basketball. It's not to just say Illinois football all of a sudden is magically more fun than Illinois basketball. But at the moment, at the moment, I am a little bit more excited for football. And man, when there is a good football team in this town in the fall, it makes everything better. Before we get out of here, got to remind you, the 200 level is brought to you by DPDO. Online at dpdo.com for all the best deals and prices. DPDO. Com. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana, so whether it's a business lunch or a late-night snack, that's dpdo.com. State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. For life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it, Brian is my guy, and he can be your guy as well at brianismyguy.com. And finally, Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, your home's best friend. Get an AC check today before it gets really hot and before the corn starts sweating. That's what humidity comes from a lot in the Midwest. The corn sweats. I'm not lying. It's the truth. So get that AC checked and Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. They did for us. They can do it for you. 217-841-4728. Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Appreciate them and appreciate you. If you can rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcast, that would be much appreciated. In the meantime, enjoy 
this weekend, whatever you may be doing. I'll be enjoying Dead & Company at Wrigley. And we will see you whenever the news pops. Have a great rest of your summer, and uh, we'll talk to you here in a bit. It is the 200 level.